Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Good? Oh, ooh, I got an amazing over there on that side of the room. I don't know. Coffee's flowing more over here than it is over here. Bless. Bless. Oh, okay. Now, now we're, you know, people can start calling stuff out. I love it. I love it. Um, well, welcome. My name is Tim. If we haven't met, I'm part of the team here at our church. And um, this is the part of our gathering where we're going to open up the Bible. And we're going to look at some of the truth and some of the ways of Jesus and explore those today and how they how they relate to us in our lives. And if you're new to us, here's what's happening. We have been uh, walking through the most famous message of Jesus in the Bible. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And off and on throughout the year, we've been walking through this verse by verse, word by word. And why would we do that? Like, like what's important about that? This teaching represents the core teaching of Jesus Christ. It is the heart of, of everything he wanted to communicate to his followers directly, like in person, and to his followers all throughout the centuries until he comes back again. This is his core teaching. And so why would we not walk through this together as a faith community and explore it and, um, and allow it to impact our lives? And we're in the section of, of his teaching called the Lord's Prayer. And if you're not familiar, this is the famous prayer that Jesus taught his followers to pray. It's, 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 um, it's read by followers um, all over the world, all the time, every single week. In fact, um, as churches gather, they will read the Lord's Prayer. And so we're walking through that. And um, today, as we get into this next section of the Lord's Prayer, we're going to, we're going to wade into some, some sort of deep waters. Now, it's all deep, you guys. It's it's the teaching of Jesus, right? Like, like it's, it's all deep, it's, it's all meaningful, it all has significance for us. But today is going to push some of your buttons in ways that the rest of the prayer will not. This is your chance. If you want to get up and go, this is it. This is, this is when you can log off right now. This is not the time to go to the bathroom, by the way, because it's not going to be a good look. Um, God's going to put morning. And so I just wanted to I just wanted to sort of set the stage for that because whenever God pushes in just a little whenever that happens what what's at stake is God has more for us on the other side of him sort of gently prodding us in a direction. He has more for us, right? And so because he has more for us, it takes a little bit more to get to it. And so today, God's going to ask a little bit more of you, maybe, than usual. Uh, but on the other side of it, if you'll go with us in this journey, on the other side of it, there will be more waiting for you than you could ever imagine. Are you ready? Are you up for this? Okay. Um, as I thought about today and prayed about today, um, this, uh, this, this image came to my mind. And it's not a spiritual image, you guys. It's not, I don't have, like, a prophetic image here, like a bridge and a, you know... 
You know, like, I don't know. I, I don't have any of that. Here, here's the image that came to my head. How many of you are, are um, Golden State Warrior fans? Anybody in here? Yeah, we, got, we have some people, right? Okay, some woos. And um, some, some of you like Golden State Warriors. I, I don't know. I've heard of them. It's, you know, it's basketball. It's, it's the sport is basketball. And I know we have some in our community who could care less about, you know, traditional sports. But the Golden State Warriors, in our house, whenever there's a game on, we turn it on. We have it on. It's like background, you know, noise in our household. We love the Warriors. We, we, we watch them. Every, like, decade, maybe, we're able to save up enough money to, like, actually go to a game. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, sometimes we take out a small loan, you know. It's a, have you ever been to an NBA basketball game, like, in the last couple of decades? It's, I mean, it's like I could, like, send my kids to college or I could go to, like, an NBA game. You know, it's like, it's unbelievable. But, okay, so every now and then let's go to a game. Um, when you go to a Warriors game or you watch the Warriors on TV, who are you looking for? Like, like, just call it out. Who are you looking for? Those of you who are fans, you know the players, you know the, like, who are you looking for when you, when you, when you watch a Warriors game? Looney. Looney. Okay. All right. All right. I, there's a respect over there for Looney because that would not, that's not normally the first, the first choice. Right? One of your favorite players. Um, who else? Gary Payton. Gary Payton, GP3. Come on now. GP3. Um, I, you know, let me tell you, if, if I was not a Golden State Warriors fan, um, do you know, do you know who I would, who I would, you, you know who I would just like loathe with all of my being? If you're a fan, you know who I'm talking about? Draymond Green. Draymond, Draymond, if you don't know Draymond, he's, he's like that kid who like will always, in school, will always get in your face and is like, just like, just like all up in your face all the time. And you're just like, son, settle down, man. Like, give me some space here. But that's his thing, right? That's like what he does. He brings some energy. How many of you uh, who watch the Warriors, maybe like Steph Curry is like, you're like, you just can't wait to see Steph. Like, what's he going to do this game? You know, what, what record is he going to set? You know, what, what he's the best shooting um, player in the history of the game, hands down. And I grew up in Chicago, right? So I grew up, I was there for all six of Jordan's championships. And so I saw all of that, and I can't believe that I'm here in this stretch. Um, but when I see uh, the court, when I watch a game, Here's who I'm looking for right here. To look up here at the screen. This is who I'm looking for. Not the guy on the left, like the, all the way to the left. I don't know who the heck that guy is. He, that's like his claim to fame. And I don't know, maybe if this is like you, you like you're not here, right? Um, you, you know, I don't know who that guy is. This guy right here, everybody is looking for him, right? This is Steph Curry, if you're not familiar. I'm looking for this guy all the way to the right, right? He's the coach. His name is Steve Kerr. And when I'm watching a game, I'm looking for Steve Kerr. Because Steve Kerr is the architect. He's the guy that's calling the shots. He's the guy that sees the big picture and organizes all of the pieces at all different junctures within the game, right? Like, he, like when, when the momentum is going this way, he's the guy that'll insert this player to counteract that. When he needs this, he'll put in this player to do this. Um, when he needs to pull out his star player there on the left, 
he will pull him out, and he'll do whatever needs to be done, right? Steve Kerr, he's the coach. Um, I connect with the coach because the coach is the guy who has the leadership. He's the guy that sees the big picture, and he orchestrates it all in order to go toward the vision. Steve has brought a culture with him that has produced championships, right? In fact, let's take a look at this, this next picture. This is why his players listen to him. There are, on, in the middle of this picture, there are nine championship rings. Four with the Warriors on the right. The top three are with the Chicago Bulls, and so he was with Jordan for the second three-peat of, of Jordan's career. And then the bottom two on the left are the San Antonio Spurs, and that's kind of the uniform he's wearing there. Steve has been there. He has done that. He has won the championships. He has played with the greatest to ever play the game. And so when he gathers his players together and he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Guess what his players do? They do it. They trust him because he knows what he's talking about. He's demonstrated that he can do it. And so the best players in the game of basketball willingly submit themselves to Steve's leadership because they know they can trust who he is and what he's done and what he's about. He's created that type of culture. How many of you have ever had somebody in your life who you could trust like that? Like somebody, uh, a wise person, somebody who maybe is a couple more steps farther in life than you. Um, they, they have won your trust. You believe in what they say. Have you ever had somebody in your life? I hope you've had people in your life like that, right? Um, your parents are those people, uh, and you don't ever acknowledge that until you're, like, adult and, like, way, way, way older. Um, I, was, I was talking to one of my children yesterday, and they said, I'm going to do this. And I said, well, if you do that, here's what your outcome is going to be. If you do this over here, your outcome is going to be about 10 times better. No, that's okay, Dad. I got it. I'm going to do this over here. Really? Like, so, so it's going to be like 10 times better over here. And I'm explaining the whole thing. Here's, it's going to be 10 times better over here. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it over here. Okay, all right. You do you. Go, go do your thing. And, um, and, and when it doesn't quite work out just like that, um, feel free to come on back to me. I won't, I won't throw it back in your face. You'll know, and I'll know, that it would have been ten times better if you had done it this way, right? Have you had people in your life who are like that? Jesus today, as he walks us through the next section of the Lord's Prayer, is going to challenge us to see God in this way in our lives. This is what he's going to do. He's going to say, I know that everything within you wants to do it this way. I know that all of your human nature, all of your human intuition says, I want to do it this way. I think I should go this way. It feels good to go this way. 
And God's going to tell us as we walk through this section of the Lord's Prayer, he's going he's gonna to help us explore this big idea of truth. I'm just going to tell you this big idea of truth right at the beginning, and then we're going to explore it as we go throughout this passage. Here's our big idea of truth today. Our big idea of truth today is that the way of Jesus reminds us that his way is better than our way. Now, this is why I say today is going to push you just a bit. Because we are all born. We are human beings born with a nature that says our way is the best way. I heard somebody say this recently, and it just really sort of shook me. He said, he said, he gave a, he, there was some research done, and so there's some stuff to support this, but he said, he said, essentially, three out of every four people you talk to that you don't agree with are correct in what they're saying. But we don't ever feel like that, right? Like, like we feel like we're the ones who are always correct, trying to kind of convince other people of, of our correctness, Right? God wants to remind us today that his way is better than our way. In fact, here's what the Bible has to say about this. Um, in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says it like this. God says, for my thoughts, Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth. Think about that distance. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He'll say it again like this, Isaiah 40. To whom will you compare me, God says. Who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of this? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name? God has a name for each of the stars. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. This is God, right? But it's not just God who's sort of all-powerful, created all the things, that like, like is in control of all the things. God's ways are better than our ways, not just because he is an all-powerful God, but also because he is an all-loving God. Here's, here's how we would describe that. David, King David says in Psalm 103, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and don't forget all his benefits. He forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit, and he crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God is all-powerful, and he is all-loving toward us. He couldn't be more powerful, and he couldn't be more loving toward us. And so the truth that we're exploring today is that the way of Jesus reminds us that his way is better than our way. All right, so let's read the Lord's Prayer together, and then we're going to explore our next section in it. 
So Matthew chapter 6 says it like this. And let's see. Yeah, we have it up here on the screen. Let's read it out loud together. You don't have to, but if you'd like to, let's read it out loud together. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So last Sunday we started the Lord's Prayer with the first phrase, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you weren't here, um, let me recap it for you just quickly. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy or set apart or, or unique or above all, is your name. Jesus is teaching us that when we pray, we should first direct our attention to God, that we should put God front and center, that we should lift up God to his rightful place. We don't just jump right in. Like, I love it when my kids come to me and they ask me for things. Like, I love, I, I, genuinely, I do. I love that they see me as someone they could come to and they need help in some way. Um, but I love most when my kids just want to be with me, when they just want to hang with me a little bit, right? Uh, when everything is a, is a hand out asking for money or, you know, whatever for my kids, right, it gets old. Like, I, I, want, I, I want to know that they love me for me and not just for my ATM card. You know what I'm saying? Like, like and they do, right? And there are times, and they just, they want to be with, God is the same way. We put God front and center before we ever start to get into sort of the daily things of our lives. Now, notice when it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're going to explore today. Give us this day our daily bread. This is our, these are daily needs, right? Forgive uh, us, our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Uh, this is relationship with each other, right? Forgiveness. Um, deliver us from the evil one. Uh, this, is, this is being able to have strength and, and confidence to push back against the enemy of our souls. And so I, I want to I paint this picture for you because it's important to understand the section we're going to go through. So our God, right, in heaven, holy set apart is your name. Give us this day our daily bread. Um, help us with our forgiveness. Give us strength to fight back against the enemy. This is like boots on the ground, daily stuff over here, right? God of the universe, daily stuff, boots on the ground. Today's phrase that we're going to explore is the bridge between the two. Before we can get to our daily things, the boots on the ground stuff, the, the regular rhythms, part of our lives, we have to do this. We can't just hang out with the God of the universe up in the sky and not have him on earth as it is in heaven. And so today's phrase is going to bridge the gap between the God of the universe and our daily existence. This is the key. 
if you want to connect the two, you have to have this phrase. You have to have the truth behind this phrase. Okay, you guys ready? All right, here we go. Our phrase then, as you saw it, is this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's talk about the first phrase. Your kingdom come. So Jesus is teaching us that once we acknowledge God, God in heaven, right? Set apart is your name. The next thing that we do is we, is we declare, we ask him, we want your kingdom to come. Now, not our kingdom, like not your kingdom, um, not your social media platform, not your influence in this world, not your kingdom, but God's kingdom. This is what Jesus is teaching us. And so let's get some common language here. Let's define this. Um, when we say kingdom, what are we talking about? What is a kingdom? A kingdom is anywhere where a king has rule and reign. This is a kingdom. And so I would like to think in my little world, right, like, like my household, you know, like, like, like that I have some rule and reign in my household. Like, like I'm like a little king in my, in my little household. Now, don't tell Nicole that, you know. Don't tell Nicole that. She's not in this service. Although this is the one being recorded. So, um, <clears throat> But anywhere where a king has rule and reign, there is a kingdom. And so what Jesus is teaching us to pray, right after we acknowledge God and put him first and foremost, is that his kingdom, his rule and reign would be experienced. God, your kingdom come. Not our kingdom, but his kingdom. Now, the thing about God's kingdom is this. In most kingdoms, the subjects don't have a choice in the fact that they have a king, right? Like, they have a king. You don't, you don't have a choice in that matter. Uh, you have a, you're, you, you're born into that country, and it has a king and, or a queen, and you are, like, that's it. That's, you're a part of that. God's kingdom is different. God's kingdom is a kingdom where the subjects decide whether or not they're going to be subject to the king. In God's kingdom... He lovingly gives you and I a choice. We get to choose his love or reject his love. This is how it works in God's kingdom. And so God puts it out there and says, hey, I'd like to be your king. I'd like to be the leader in your life. And then we have a choice whether or not we're going to accept that leadership or not. And this is why we started out talking about an all-powerful God, he's able, but an all-loving God. Can we trust this all-loving God to be the king of our lives? This is a dangerous, dangerous prayer here. Because when we pray, God, I want your kingdom to come, we're telling God, I will set aside my kingdom and I will prioritize your kingdom. That's a big deal. That pushes back against every basic human intuition that we have. We're not built that way without God. 
before we accept the love of Jesus and he begins to transform our lives, we're all about our kingdom. We want our way. We, 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 want, we want to design the thing. We want to have the rule and the reign in our own lives. We want to be the king of our own little kingdoms. And in order to have our God in heaven, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, and would you help me in my daily life? In order to have that connection, you and I have to put his kingdom first. Um, here's the tension. We want our kingdom, but we're not willing to give it up so that God can have his way. So now his kingdom is connected to his will. So the phrase is, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, this is where it gets really, really interesting, you guys. This is where it gets really interesting. Because your kingdom come is sort of a, uh, it, it implies a lot, but, but we're, we're, we're saying to God, we want what we understand of you to be present in our lives, right? Your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your love, your forgiveness, Right. Like we want these things to be present in our lives. Your kingdom come. But now, now when we say your will be done. Now we're, we're, we're going deep. We're going deep here. Because it's one thing to want the goodness of God to come into my life. It's a whole nother thing to say, God, your will be done. I'm going to give up my rights so that you can have your way in my life. So it's not just the goodness of God coming into my life. It's me giving up my rights to control the thing. Now, Jesus, though, fortunately, Jesus would model this for us. And here's what he would say in Luke 22, the night he was betrayed. He was praying in the garden and he was asking the father, if there's any way that you could do this differently than having me go through what I'm about to go through. Violent, violent persecution and, and beatings, unjust trial, um, a horrendous, horrendous death. If there's any other way that this could be done, Jesus says, I want you to do that. In Luke 22, he says, As Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, Jesus says, but yours be done. This is what Jesus prayed. In order to go from the life he was living to the cross, the grave, and the resurrection, he had to release his will. Not my will be done, but yours, he says to God. If Jesus had to do it, don't you think that we have to do it? Right? In Luke 9, Jesus would say this to his followers. Then he said to all his followers, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Now watch this. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, give it up. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. 
Here's what Jesus knows. If you and I will submit our will to his will, we will always come out better. Always. It's a promise that you can take to the bank. Try it your way. Try to implement your will in this life, and it will only take you so far. But if you'll give your will up to God, if you'll lose your life for his sake, you will gain more than you could ever imagine. This is the promise of God. This is what's waiting for us on the other side of us. And why would we do that? Remember, his way is always better than our way. We're always going to come out ahead when we let God have his way, when we submit our will to his will. But we don't want to do that, right? None of us want to do that. Our human nature fights against that tooth and nail. We, we don't want anything to happen unless we desire for it to happen. And God says, if you'll give your will to me, I will give you so much more than you can. Here's how we know this. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here's the payoff on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what's waiting for us when we submit our kingdom, when we submit our will to him. Here's what's waiting for us. Look at this. Galatians chapter 5 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. There's nothing that can come against these things. Those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh. They've said, your kingdom, your will. They've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Here's what God says. When you let the Holy Spirit of God rule and reign in your life, when you say, not my will, but yours be done, here's what happens. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are things that will automatically come up in your life. They're called fruits for a reason. When you're rooted in the person of Jesus Christ because you've denied yourself and you're following him, naturally welling up out of you will be love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control, all of these things and more. This is the promise of God for you and for me. These things don't naturally come to us. I don't naturally seek out pure love with people. Right? I, I, I seek out what's best for myself. I'm not naturally patient with people. But when I'm submitted to God's will, patience comes up out of me. I'm not naturally inclined towards self-control. Right? Like, 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 you know, when, when, when somebody puts a, you know, you know, a peach cobbler a la mode in front of me, a whole pan, you know, like if that was just me, somebody dropped it off at my house as a gift and it's just me in my kitchen, 
Do you know how much I'll eat of that? Way more than if you were sitting there with me, right? Because that wouldn't look really great for me, but I would eat more. Self-control is not a natural part of who I am. But God, God brings that up out of me when I submit to him. Now watch this. Jesus says, not only will you experience internally your kingdom, your will being done on earth as it is in heaven, but it will come up out of you toward the world around you. Watch this. In Luke 4, Jesus says this. He went up to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled it, and he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me, watch this, to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, he sat down in his seat, and the eyes of everybody in the church were on him, and he said to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Here's the reality, friends. Every time that you experience the fruit of the Spirit in your life internally, you are, you are literally tangibly seeing the kingdom of God. Every time that you see these things, good news being preached to the poor, freedom for people who are bound, recovery of sight for those who are blind, whether it's to truth or to anything else, when the oppressed are set free, when the year of the Lord's favor is proclaimed, you're seeing the kingdom of God tangibly. Right? So a friend of mine who was emailing me this last week, struggling with pornography, wanting to break free from the bondage of porn. Right? And so we're talking about ways that we can do that. Accountability with friends. You know, um, structuring your, your, your time in front of your screens so that you're not putting yourself in a position to fail, right? All of these things we're talking about. As we talk through each one and as he does each one and as he trusts in the Holy Spirit of God to provide freedom for him, individual links in the chains that bind him are being broken. The kingdom of God is here on earth as it is in heaven. Every time a hungry person comes up into our upper parking lot on a Saturday morning and gets food to put in their stomach when they have no food to eat, you're seeing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Any place that is broken in this world where you see the wholeness of God applied to it, you're seeing the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Every time that you forgive when you want to hold back forgiveness and resent, you're seeing the kingdom of God. Every time you love when you have no reason to love, 
you're seeing the very tangible kingdom of God. Every time that somebody pulls in front of you, and instead of, you know, giving them the one-finger salute and, and yelling a few choice words at them, you experience patience and self-control and gentleness, the very kingdom of God is on earth as it is in heaven. This is what Jesus invites us to pray. God, your kingdom come. God, I, I, want, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done. Why? Because your kingdom and your will are so much better than any of our kingdoms and any of our wills. Everything we experience in this world is broken, including our own souls. And so when God comes in and brings us healing power and he invites us into it, he invites us to say, when you pray, ask God to do these things more and more and more and more. In increasing measure, God, I want to experience more of the fruit of your spirit. In increasing measure, God, I want to have eyes for the oppressed. I want to have eyes for those who are bound. God, I want to have eyes for the prisoners. I want to have eyes for those who are blind. God, I want to be able to see as you see. And this is why this is one of the most dangerous parts of the Lord's Prayer for us to pray. Because we're not only saying, God, I want to give up my kingdom and I want to give up my will, but I want to see things as you see them. I want to see people as you see them. In order for God's kingdom to be present on earth as it is in heaven, it needs to come through you. It comes through you. When you lay down your kingdom, when you lay down your will, and you begin to go after those who are oppressed and in prison and blind, those who don't know the favor, the year of the Lord's favor. You know what the year of the Lord's favor is? It's a long year, by the way. It's the resurrection of Jesus until he comes back again. That's the year of the Lord's favor. We're living in the year of the Lord's favor. And do you know what it means to proclaim it? It means that we, we go out into this world with love, the love of Jesus driving us, and we proclaim the year of the Lord's favor saying, there's still time for you to turn back to God. There's still time for you to experience healing and wholeness in your life. You don't have to be bound by pornography. You don't have to be a part of a world system that pushes down the poor and elevates the rich. You don't have to do these things. You can, you can experience the fullness of God in all of these areas and more. This is the year of the Lord's favor. When you and I are in relationship together and you come to me and we're talking, we're having a cup of coffee, we're having a burrito, and, 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 I, and I look at you and I say, man, I'm really, really struggling in my marriage. Can, you, can, can we pray? Can you pray with me? I, I, just, I don't know what, what to do next. I don't know where to turn. I just, I, it feels like we can't find the way through. Yes, let's pray. In faith, we lock arms together in faith. And we say, God, the one who created marriage, the one who designed it, the one who gifted it to us, God, my friend can't find his way through. Would you show him what to do next? God, would you bring healing to his marriage? 
God, would you help him to push back against the enemy who says, it's done, it's over, you can't come back from that. God, would you show him the way? And you stand in faith together. You know what's happening in that moment, in that sacred moment? The kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And then when God brings healing to that marriage, you get to celebrate together. This is what Jesus is asking us to pray. Now, let's keep going because we need to wrap this up. So what do we do with this? If it's true that God's way is better than our way, then what do we do? How do we, how do we move forward with this? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.